0: Good morning. It's good to see many of you again and new faces and um, I think it was maybe a New Year's Eve, maybe uh, 2018 I think I was here. I can't remember when I was here last, but uh, it's good to worship with you again and um, have the opportunity to dig deeper into a Psalm that we looked at back then. Now I'm guessing maybe you can't remember that, but uh, but, uh, we're going to look at Psalm 34 this morning. And we are going. We talked back then about many ways that the psalm encourages us, that God encourages us to seek Him in Psalm 34. But today I want to dive into one specific piece about it that talks about when you are afraid, go to the Lord. That encouragement to seek Him when you are afraid and when you're going through difficult times. And if you listen to those prayers, the prayer requests that we've just given to the Lord, we have done that. There's things that are difficult situations that we talked about, and perhaps we're tempted to be afraid in some of those. But when we were afraid in that way, we went to the Lord, and you're going to see this theme in Psalm 34. Now, to understand the context of Psalm 34, it's actually helpful to look at an Old Testament story first. Um, I invite you to Uh, open your Bible, put a placeholder on Psalm 34, but first look at 1 Samuel chapter uh, 21. 1 Samuel 21. If you're using the Bibles in front of the seats, I believe it starts on page 244. 244. I'll read the Psalm second, but I want to set the stage for it first to give you the setting, to give you the context of Psalm 34 as you hear the story from 1 Samuel about David fleeing to Gath. Hear God's word, 1 Samuel 21, starting in verse 10. And David rose and fled that day from Saul, and went to Achish the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances, Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Akish the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gate and let his spittle run down his beard. Then Akish said to his servants, Behold, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down to him, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul, gathered to him. And he became commander over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Now that's the context, that's the setting that we're now going to hear this psalm. This scene that this powerful, mighty, strong David who has songs written about him, is now scared, afraid, and fleeing to an enemy king. And listen to the experience from our text, Psalm 34. Again, in the Bibles in in front of you, it's at page 463. Of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, so that he drove him out, and he went away. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him, O fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you to fear the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil, and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and the ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Thus ends the reading of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, you are great and greatly to be praised. And in your presence, we now ask that you would enable us to hear a message directly from you through the preaching of your Word. We ask that you would help us listen well. Grant us, Lord God, the knowledge of your divine words. Fill us with greater understanding of the good news of Jesus Christ, greater understanding of the riches of your grace and the indwelling of your Holy Spirit. Equip us to joyfully keep your commandments, to joyfully do your will, that we might experience your blessings and mercy, to know you better for our good and for your glory. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, we mentioned that David was a tough guy, but was in trouble and afraid. Who do you think of uh, that's tough to you? Who do you know that uh, is strong? Someone that's... Can you think of anybody that's brave? Maybe you think of someone. They're never afraid. He's, no, they're they're tough. What comes to mind to me for where I live are the farmers in Duwaynesburg. They're brave. They're strong. They're up morning and evening and morning and evening in the cold and the rain and the, in the barns and in the fields. And if wild animals come on their property, it's not a big deal to them. They're some of the bravest and strongest people I know. And yet, I've also seen that things can get to them, that they can be afraid. And, and the reality is, no matter how tough we are, or strong or brave. There are things that we experience in this fallen world that can scare us and discourage us. What are the storms in your life that you experience? There are storms in relationships, in work, dare I say, even in the church. It's difficult working together at times. How about exams in school? Maybe you have a big test coming up. We hear of sickness, of dealing with the healthcare system, like we heard in the prayer requests, grieving. We hear the news and tragedies, and maybe it's just the general consequences of our own sin or the sin of others in our lives. And like the people who went out to meet David at the cave of Adullam, we might feel great distress, discontent, and we might even feel bitter in soul. We might be unsure how things are going to work out. There are things that make the strongest people among us afraid. And that is what happened to David in our passage. Now, the Hebrew title of the passage, or what looks like a note, sometimes it's in capitals in your Bible, right at the top. It looks kind of like a verse zero, if you want to call it that. Talks about the context that I read of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, so that he drove him out and he went away. This tells us about David's escape from Akish. Now, you're seeing the name Abimelech in that note, so I just wanted to clear that up if, the, if you wanna notice that, the name uh, means my father is king, Abimelech, was a title for Philistine king. So it seems that David fled to Abimelech Akish. In other words, like a pharaoh or a Caesar, this is a king of the Philistines. And because that is an enemy of Israel, he's almost certainly doomed. But somehow... He acts crazy and by God's grace is spared before this king. And judging by the psalm, as we take it as a response of David, we see that David realizes it wasn't his acting crazy, but rather the acting of God in his life. He was delivered by God's grace. And in response, David composes this great hymn of praise and thanksgiving And also instruction for us, for the people with him, and for the church, for us today. Now, it's a beautiful piece of Hebrew poetry. But we can't really see exactly how the poetry works when it's translated in English. Because it's actually an acrostic poem. In other words, a B, C, it's following the alphabet, but it doesn't look like it's following the alphabet for us. I will, my soul, O magnify. That's not the English alphabet order, is it? But the translation, the original, is actually the Hebrew alphabet. With one exception. And it creates this picture at the beginning, the middle, and the end of the actual words that's alphabet or aleph in Hebrew. So it's picture this with me. It's, it's an A to Z kind of poem. It's a lesson from beginning to end. It's a full life lesson here. And aleph in Hebrew actually means to learn. So the poet is actually saying this is a life lesson to learn. And you just can't pick that up in the translation. You can pick it up in the themes and the words. But I want you to just start with the context that David had this experience of being afraid, delivered by God's grace, and now this is a hymn of praise and thanksgiving of this life lesson he's learned, and he's passing it on to you, to the reader. God is speaking to a life lesson to you this morning. And so here's the lesson that we have. I just want to look at verse 4 as kind of the theme. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. And so, the message from God to you this morning is when you are afraid, go to the Lord. Go to the Lord with praise, as we'll see in verses 1 through 3. Go to the Lord in prayer, in verses 4 to 7. Go to the Lord for wisdom, in verses 8 to 14. And go to the Lord to be rescued, in 15 to 22. When you are afraid, go to the Lord with praise, in prayer for wisdom, to be rescued. Firstly, then, when you are afraid, go to the Lord with praise. Look back to verses 1 through 3. How are we to praise? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now, at all times, can't mean every minute of the day. We have other things to do and say. But think of it as in every situation. And continually, a mindset of praise and praising him with our words. Making a boast, not out of Pride, going around and being boastful, but rather going around and being filled with the joy and praise of the Lord. And here, the praise of the Lord is Hebrew, hallelujah. And who is to hear? Who does David say to hear? Let the humble hear and be glad. These are the ones brought low by that fear by difficult situations, affliction, oppression, the troubles of life. If you're having those troubles, hear this and respond. And what's the response? To join with others in praise, exalting and magnifying the Lord together to praise the Lord of His goodness and be glad. I kind of picture this like a viral video. A, I call it viral praise. So, you think of the most recent viral videos you may have seen. There's been challenges that have come around, like the ice bucket challenge. One person does it and it catches on and everybody's doing it. There's these, it starts small, but then everybody catches on. Well, here we have this pattern that there's a sense of praise for God in the heart and it comes out of the mouth in praise. And it goes into the ears of others, back down into the minds and hearts, and then a viral praise comes out, magnifying the Lord together. So God is telling you this morning that those who suffer especially benefit from God's care. He is watching them. He cares for those that have been humbled and are afflicted and are needy and are in debt and in distress. And as we experience it or see others who are, we can be mindful that God is to be praised for his care for those people in that situation. And of course, we heard in Jim's uh, thanks earlier how people responded to his difficulty. And God is to be praised in that, as he said. And this also reminds you that if you're experiencing to do something that you might not think of right away but to start with praise as the psalmist did start with praise and continue with praise even in the difficulty it reminds us that during difficult times we still seek God's glory maybe uh, you can think of a contemporary Christian song that says I will praise him in the storm and maybe you can think that Jesus actually trained his disciples for this. Jesus told them he was going away, and they would be scattered and face great troubles. But he told them in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And we have a Savior that has overcome the troubles of the world. We have the Prince of Peace, and so we continually praise him, even in difficult times. How did David learn of God's power to overcome? To answer that, let's let's look at the next section of our passage where we learn about David's amazing experience of deliverance when he sought the Lord, because we hear this testimony that when you're afraid, go to the Lord in prayer. Look at verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. The Psalms are full of these testimonies of being delivered from, from trouble. Here's David's personal testimony of being saved from that trouble before an enemy king. And even though he's a mighty man, even though there were songs about him, he was afraid. And so what does he call himself in verse 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. Now, this is probably not referring to poverty, but really that he's been humbled and that he's afflicted. He wants those that are going through difficult situations, those that are afraid to hear and be glad. Because there's hope. It's an encouragement to faith. In verse 4, he says, I sought the Lord. He sought the Lord. This is not a searching, like looking for what will be the answer. It's It's not trying to find the best answer. Gathering a bunch of data and deciding what's the best thing to do. I've sought out everything. Rather, it's going to the known one. So, for example, imagine if I'm prone to locking my keys in the car, and so I get AAA, because I know I can call them, and I think at a certain number of times anyway, they might cut me off, they would send a locksmith quickly and open my car doors. Now imagine, I know this, but I lock my cars in the parking lot this morning, my keys in the car in the parking lot, sorry, and I go, all right, I've got to... Seek an answer to this. Uh, well, does anybody have a coat hanger? Back in the old days, we used to dig down in the door. Some of you might remember. They've gotten better at stopping that, I think. Um, well, we could uh, look online and call a whole bunch of locksmiths and see who's available and who has the best price. And imagine you're saying, but you have AAA. Just make the call, and they'll quickly get somebody here and take care of it. That is seeking out what is already known. I seek out that which I have ready for the problem. You have God ready and inclining his ear to hear your prayers. You have great power and great comfort in this privilege. In answering prayer, God can deliver us from fears. And one of the ways it works is By going to God, we are fearing God instead of the problem. And so we have this picture of peace. David talks about being delivered from all fears, and his face is radiant. It says, those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Delivered from all fears, joyful, satisfied as we seek God's face. In, in a way, God's face is then reflected when you seek him. But not only peace, but there's also divine protection here. The angel of the Lord, which most people would take to mean Jesus Christ himself. This is what happened, can you think back to Joshua? He experienced it before the walls of Jericho came down, when the commander of the Lord's army appeared to him. If you have time this week, you can look at this in Joshua chapter 5. God is telling you, he is your divine deliverer. When you seek him in prayer, he inclines his ear and answers. He's the source of rescue from trouble. trouble. He was David's deliverer. He was Joshua's deliverer. And if the angel of the Lord, the Jesus Christ himself, will encamp around you, he is your deliverer too. He's your deliverer too. What he does for David and Joshua, he will do for you. You can be confident that when you call on God, you seek him in the storm when you call on Him, when you're afraid and tempted, and the situation seems difficult, hopeless, maybe even, He will answer your prayer. He will hear your cries. He is your peace, and He is your protection. When you're afraid, go to the Lord in prayer. Not only... Does this psalm encourage us to go to the Lord starting with praise and seeking Him in prayer during the trouble? But we go to Him for wisdom too. When you're afraid, go to the Lord for wisdom. In verses 8 through 14 of the psalm, the tone changes a little bit. It goes from personal testimony to instruction. In other words, it goes from telling about an experience to telling you what to do in your experience. For example, verse eight: "Taste and see that the Lord is good." Or verse nine: "Fear the Lord, you His saints." Or in verse eleven: "Come, O children, listen to me." The, you see how the tone is changing. Changed, and David is now going from this personal testimony. Of what's happened to instruction to others. At the center of this psalm we find the instruction to learn to fear the Lord. What does this have to do with going to God for wisdom? Proverbs 9.10 tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So God, speaking through the psalmist, says, Fear the Lord and find wisdom when you're afraid. Verse 11 says, Come, O children, and listen to me. Was Solomon one of David's children who heard that? Who grew up learning this? Later Solomon would write in Proverbs 3.7, Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. David is exhorting us in wise instruction for godly living. Look at the ways. Verse 14 and verse 13. Watching our words. Watch those words that with the same mouth praises God. Turning from evil, doing good, and seeking peace. Yes, even when things aren't going our way, even in those difficult times, seek peace and pursue it. And this isn't just wishful thinking, the right thing to say, but it's actually committing to going after peace, like one chases an enemy. And David knew about being chased by an enemy. But isn't that opposite to what we normally do? When put in difficult situations and being attacked by an enemy, we don't always want to seek peace and pursue it. But in these difficult times, don't be tempted to give in to anger. Don't try to solve it by taking things into your own hand first. Don't be tempted to take questionable shortcuts that seem okay because it's a desperate time. Remember, we serve a holy God. And rather than give in to temptation and commit sin, we should do everything we can to depend on God and follow His ways. And that's why Peter quotes this verse in the New Testament to encourage the early church, who, if you recall the context of 1 Peter, the early church was in very difficult situations. The persecution was great. And they were afraid. And Peter urged the early church, under this extreme persecution, to suffer for righteousness' sake. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ as the Lord is holy. So God is telling you this morning that his goodness is to be experienced, And one of the ways you will experience his goodness is to go to him for wisdom. He is an all-wise, all-knowing God, all-knowing teacher. Listen to him through his word. And in response to his goodness, he will strengthen you to live a godly life during times of trouble and fear. Praising praying, going to Him for wisdom. These are three ways to go to the Lord. They're all excellent in their own right, but there's one more thing to consider. And it's the most important of all, really. It's the foundation, the basis for all other three. And so here it is. When you're afraid, go to the Lord to be rescued. Go to the Lord to be rescued. In this final section of the psalm verses 15 to 22 the tone a little bit changes again this time we find a personal god he's active in the lives of the people this is what David experienced and this is what David wants you to experience so what god wants you to know look at the imagery verse 15 what could point to a personal God here. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. Verse 16, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Do you notice that personal imagery? Eyes, ears, face. It's a personal God. He's a personal God can be in relationship with him. And we see a clear picture here of two types of people from God's perspective, what those eyes, those ears are hearing and seeing. One, we have David, a political refugee, fleeing from King Saul. On the other hand, we have Saul, who should have been David's deliverer and rescuer as as a king for his people should have been his protector but instead he did evil and threatened David's life. And so we have evil King Saul on the one hand and we have the righteous sufferer David on the other. And David experienced the promise that we have in verses 19 to 20. Many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all of his bones not one of them is broken. David is a type of Christ. David points us to Jesus Christ. It points us to what is fully realized in Christ at the cross. That's how the Apostle John interpreted this in his Gospel. John chapter 19, verse 36. Listen to what John said thinking about this verse from the Psalms in the Old Testament. When John writes, For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. That's the quote from Psalm 34. John sees what was in the life of David in the Old Testament as a pointer to one greater than David. One that would come as an eternal king. That greater David, Jesus Christ, was just delivered. And it's what we celebrated just last weekend, isn't it? Just as that greater righteous sufferer, Jesus, was delivered after death on the cross. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. Sin is what causes all of these troubles. Sin is the real problem in the world. Jim mentioned that I have a job during the week. I work in software and we have to deal with problems from time to time. If you, Some of you may work in software and know that, and some of you may use software and know that. And what we do in the business is we try to fix it quickly as possible, and we have to find the root cause, what's really causing the bug that has to be corrected, otherwise it'll never work right. We might find shortcuts and ways around it, but we have to find the root cause. And sin is the root cause of the problems in the world. And so the Lord's face is against those who do evil. And unless you take refuge in Christ, God's word in this psalm even, and throughout the scriptures, says, that you will be condemned. It might sound sound harsh, but God is holy and this is serious. But there's good news. God sent Jesus to die on the cross in our place as an atoning sacrifice, and that's how he redeems the life of his servants. Peter would later write about it this way in 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. God raised Jesus to life, to be ruler and judge. Jesus conquered sin and death. And so he brings life, he brings hope to all those who repent and believe in him. And by his grace, he freely offers this today. God urges you to repent of your sins, turning away from a sinful life, and believe and put your trust in Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Trusting in Jesus, following him, and becoming a disciple of Christ. And for those already serving him, those already have, that have been redeemed, have they put your trust in Christ, you can relate to David's joy and experience of being delivered. And as David's instructions then point to after his testimony, we're reminded it's a fresh call to obedience and service in his kingdom. It's a fresh call to obedience as the Holy Spirit works in you, sanctifies you, helps you to grow in Christ-likeness, to die unto sins more and more, and to live unto righteousness. It's an opportunity and a fresh call to consider dedicated church service, dedicated service to the Great Shepherd in the body of Christ. It might be a time to evaluate that and renew and refresh and commit Your service together in the church. And so we've covered that entire psalm. Let me close by listing the promises we've heard in this psalm. God delivers from all fears, He hears His people, He saves His people out of all their troubles. He delivers them from all afflictions. He keeps all their bones, so they will be made happy and whole forever to praise him. You have these promises this morning from God himself, who never lies. Just as Jesus Christ died and was risen again, alive, no bones broken, those who trust in him, you too will be delivered, partly now through the storms of this life. And as we sung about fully when he returns in that great final resurrection. And so what a great gospel picture we have in that cave of Adullam in that Old Testament story. David escapes death. The people, remember the type of people, the ones in distress, the debtors, the bitter in soul. They go to meet him and they make him leader. David, delivered, like Christ at the cross, delivered to lead God's people. David teaches us a valuable lesson of what he experienced. When you're afraid, go to the Lord. If you have a chance this week, or driving home, or just as you live your Christian life this week, go about your life when those temptations to fear, those challenges come in, those thoughts, those situations. When you're afraid, go to the Lord this week with praise, in prayer, looking for wisdom, remembering your rescue, or go to the Lord to be rescued. Let's pray. Father, we praise you for your care for your people, that you made a way to reconnect people that were cut off by sin from a holy God. Renew us, refresh us, help us increase in Christ's likeness this week as we praise and pray and look to you for wisdom. Rescue us this week, O God, And help us to be witnesses for you, to glorify your name, to magnify and exalt your name. For it is worthy of praise forever and ever. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.